You're listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2212 South Broad Street. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.net. I don't think it can uh, follow Jesus if you don't pray. And that's what I want to keep saying. There may be some questions or comments you have about that after I'm done speaking. So kind of mark those in your brain as I'm going along here. But I don't, the, the idea is just to think about, you know, what, what, what is prayer? How does it work for me? How can I do that practically? How can I get a step from here to someplace better, someplace deeper? I got uh, taught to pray when I was really young by my babysitter. Mrs. Rhodes used to come over, lived across the street. She's over at my house all the time. Nice lady. I loved her like she was my aunt. I don't, I think I think, I, I think I believe she was my aunt because I, I saw she, was, she had that kind of relationship. And um, she, my parents seemed to think that her teaching me to pray was a good idea, even though they, would, they uh, never touched uh, prayer with a 10-foot pole. They didn't get near Jesus when I, was, when I was growing up. But here comes Mrs. Rhodes, and every night when she's putting me to bed, she'd get me down by my little bed, and I'd, I'd put my hands like at the prayer position, and I would say the famous kid's prayer. Maybe you've heard of it. I, I, I hope it's gone out of fashion. But it's now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, which was not exactly encouraging little praise for the kid, you know, but I, I didn't really think too much about it at the time. But if I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take, which is also terrible theology. But I, that, didn't, that, didn't, uh, that didn't bug me either. Here's, um, maybe you've seen a, a plate from the 50s with it on there. I found one on the internet. You can buy this on Etsy. You can have it for yourself and put it on your wall. Uh, unless you live in Singapore. For some reason, they will not mail this to Singapore. I, I, I couldn't figure out why. But that, I found that out too. A recited prayer is where a lot of us begin with prayer. You know, where you memorize a prayer. And maybe it happened for you when you were a kid, or maybe it should be happening for you right now. But uh, some... Some of you may have never uh, learned the model prayer that Jesus gave his disciples. I'm sure many of you have. In Matthew 6, in the famous Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this. And he puts up, he doesn't put up, but I'm going to put up the Lord's Prayer. He didn't have one of these at the time. He just had to like talk to people and tell them this. But he, he taught them this prayer, and they remembered it. And they put it in the Bible. So this is, this is the one right from the King James Version of the Bible, the old English version that made such an impact in our culture, too, from 1611. And if, if, you, if you've not memorized this prayer, fine, okay? Don't worry about it. Because I, I know people are, are here and, and often are in this meeting. They don't know anything about Jesus, and they certainly don't know anything about a Bible from 1611. <laughs> and they may never have had an opportunity to memorize this prayer. Totally fine. If we ever say it together, which is a nice thing to do, sometimes we do, you know, you could just let someone else pray it for you. And you could kind of like join in however you felt like it. Because some people know, um, you know, they don't know anything about it. They don't even know the English language. They don't know anything about the Bible. And that's good. We, we hope, hope they join us. And maybe they'll learn some, something about this prayer. But this is, a good, this is a good, another example of a good place to start off, uh, you know, somewhere. When it comes to prayer, you might, you know, start with a, a memorized prayer. 
So some people started their kids off with the Lord's Prayer, not now I lay me down to sleep. They actually went for the big time and taught them the Lord's Prayer. One man said, I had been teaching my three-year-old daughter the Lord's Prayer. For several evenings at bedtime, she would repeat after me the lines of the prayer. Finally, she decided to go solo. I listened with pride as she carefully enunciated each word right up to the end of the prayer. Lead me not into temptation, she prayed, but deliver us some email. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and a, a four-year-old was going through the same process, apparently. He said, forgive us our trash baskets as we forgive those who put trash in our baskets. A little, little confusing, maybe. I mean, this one is also kind of common. A three-year-old is quoted saying, and, and maybe you've heard something like this before. I've, I've heard this from an actual three-year-old because the prayer sounds like this. Um, our father does art in heaven. Howard is his name. <laughs> I meant, you know, that's what, that's what they get to do. So it can be confusing to, to kids and it can be confusing to us too. It's kind of hard to, to figure out sometimes. Like when we were saying the Lord's Prayer here, it might go pretty good until we get to the part where it goes, um, and forgive us our, you know, what'll it be this time? Is it going to be debts? Is it going to be trespasses? Is it going to be sins? It's everyone's saying some variant thing. And if you've never heard uh, the prayer at all, you wonder, well, what's with that? You know, why doesn't everybody say the same thing? What, what's going on? Um, so let's talk about it for one second. If you were, if you were connected to the, uh, the Baptists or like the Presbyterians in your past, you probably say debts and debtors because that's what they do. If you came from like the Methodists or the Episcopalians or the Catholics, they, they're the ones that would say trespasses. They're, they've got a slightly different variation, and I'm going to tell you about it in a second. If your mom or dad was in the ecumenical movement at the last of part of the century and they were reading the Good News Bible, if you've ever seen that, it was kind of like a new version, kind of the updated version of Christianity they were trying to put out. They might actually say, um, forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who've sinned against us, because that's what that version says. It's all good. Whatever you want to say, totally fine. And you'll see why. But um, which, is, which is the right one? It's always the question, what, sh what should I be saying? Should I be saying trespasses and getting with the cool kids? And he says trespasses. I think I'll say that. Something like that. But um, in the version of the Lord's Prayer from the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew that we've used from 1611 or so, the actual words in it is debts and debtors. Um, the Greek word is plain. The Latin's even plainer. It's, it's the core word for debit, like the debit card. So it goes directly to like debt, you know. But in Luke's version, which is, he has a version of this too back in, in his book, he, he's uh, quoted Jesus as saying, forgive us our sins as we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. So Luke has a mashup of the two ideas. So if you said, forgive us our sins, um, as we forgive those who sin against us, that sounds fine. That's, that's kind of getting the gist of it. Might miss a little nuance, but that's okay. You know, you're getting, you're getting what the important part is. But why do some people say, forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us? Apart from the fact that it sounds kind of cool. You know, that, that's a, a nice phrase. Um, one answer is this. If you just read down the two verses that come right after the Lord's Prayer, um, 
Jesus says, if you um, forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their, others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. It's another way of looking at the guilt that we're being forgiven for. Um, you can see it as a debt, or you can see it as violating boundaries, getting into places that you shouldn't be. Sin has a, is like a big idea. And uh, so the mashup of the different ideas makes even more sense of it, doesn't it? Because there's a lot to it. But that still doesn't explain why some English speakers, uh, some, some English Christian traditions use the word trespasses when Jesus' actual prayer that they're, they're saying uses debts. You can blame it all on this guy. His name is William Tyndale. And there he is getting killed. I just thought that was the most interesting picture of him. Um, great church reformer. Long before Martin Luther and all the other guys were doing their things, you've got William Tyndale reforming the English church and writing the Bible in English for the first time for regular people, not mediated by priests, but just going directly to people. Here's your Bible. You know, read it. It's yours. And uh, got in a lot of trouble for that. One of the things he did when he got to the Lord's Prayer, he decided to translate debts and debtors, trespass and trespasses. Why he did that? even though that's very plain and he was translating it from the original language as why he did that, nobody seems to know, but he did. And so this got picked up by the um, Anglican Church, which spawned the Methodist Church and a lot of other movement, and the English Catholics picked it up too and put it right in the liturgy. So um, that's, that's why it got in there. I just say use debts and debtors if you're going to do it from Matthew, because that's basically what it is. But you don't have, if, you, if you feel like you're dissing your mother because she says trespasses, just do that. <laughs> do what you got to do, but that's, that's, that's what it is. So when we pray, um, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, we're recognizing the, the, the deep connection that God's forgiveness for us has to our own capacity to forgive. It, it calls it out in us. Now we're getting we're getting connected to this great grace of God that calls me friend, like we were just singing, and we uh, access it. It's like it, it's not like you, you shouldn't misread it like it's a direct cause and effect kind of thing. Like oh, if I don't forgive somebody, then God won't forgive me. You can see that that's kind of weird, right? Like I'm the center of the universe. Like if I don't forgive somebody, it changes God's mind about me. You know, like I'm actually more like God than God is only that God would forgive people before they, when they were still sinners, but not me. <laughs> I, I would not do that. I'm, I'm actually more central to this, this equation than God is. Don't, don't bother. It's more like a, it's, it's trying to get us connected to the reality that, no, really, forgiveness is where you find your life and you should live there. You should move into this forgiveness. And if you're, a pers- if you're persistently not accessing that life, if you're not going to forgive people, you're just not going to do it, well, then you're missing, you're missing the point. You know, you're going to miss your forgiveness. You're going to ruin it and stay hollow. So he's, Jesus is trying to get us filled up with this, uh, this freedom to forgive, that thing that was stolen from us and get us into a, reli- a right relationship with God and with others. Because if we don't go for love, you know, where are we going? He's trying to get us to go there. So, so working from an established prayer, you know, like this one, or just uh, memorizing any prayer, you know, is a good discipline like any good child would need. And um, that child in us needs it too. 
And if you're a new believer or if you feel like you're just barely a believer, well, then you probably need those kinds of disciplines to get you to the next step and to keep you going. I feel like that's like a daily experience for me, even though I've been praying my whole life. You know, when I get up every morning to pray, it often is, um, I really don't know where we're going. I don't know what this day holds. I don't know why I do what I do. I don't know why I said that yesterday. I don't know why I'm thinking about that when I'd rather be thinking about you. I don't know why I hate myself. I don't know why I hate that other person. I don't know what we're doing here. What's going wrong? And I usually revert rather than just having uh, just some big giant complaint or some anxiety list. You know, I uh, will revert to my prayer. You know, Jesus, Son of God, Savior, have mercy on me, a sinner. I actually got to the place where I could ride my bike and actually have that prayer very um, on the top, like on the tip of my tongue. So when someone was doing something really crazy, instead of like cussing them out or something like that, now I say, have mercy. <laughs> I, I, I installed it. It was good. I made a rut in my brain for have mercy. Forgive me. All that, that, that sense of grace. It was a good idea. And it was just from memorizing a particular prayer. All this goes to say, you know, that from the time you're a baby to right now, you know, you can't really follow Jesus if you're not praying. It's, it's central. It's central to the Sermon on the Mount. It's central to what he teaches his disciples, and it's central to us. So I'm glad we have this meeting because you, just, you were just praying, right? You did it. <laughs> and if you didn't pray the whole week, if this isn't a part of your discipline, you know, if you don't even think about doing it, well, you did it. You know, so you're in the game. You know, you got to, uh, you got to, you, you, you know, you hit the ball. At least you swung at it. And that's, that's great. So I'm glad we had this meeting. It's, it's a, the meeting for me is often like a little cookie. You know, you, if you don't know me, you don't know how much, how many cookies I actually eat. I went in and snook an Oreo because there was too many savories and I needed an Oreo. So the, uh, the meeting is like a little cookie. And I actually have a cookie, a, a real cookie, to entice me into it so that I might pray. It's very godlike. I can imagine God doing this for me. You know, send me a Mrs. Rhodes. You know, give me a cookie. Give me all you nice people, you know, who actually woo me into something that's better than what I might normally come up with on my own. I think that's what um, learning how to pray is all about. Kind of saves us every day. Learning to to live with God and, and listen. So listen to some famous names on the subject. See what they say about it handsome guy. To be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. So true. Our buddy Henry. Prayer is the most concrete way to make our home in God. I mean, I know this one any more than you know uh, Mr. Tyndale. Prayer is the is cooperation with God. It is the purest exercise of the faculties God has given us, an exercise that links these faculties with the maker to work out intentions he had in mind in their creation. Tim Keller speaking at Penn. Prayer is both conversation and encounter with God. We must know the awe of praising his glory, the intimacy of finding his grace, and the struggle of asking his help, all of which can lead us to know the spiritual reality of his presence. So true. And this famous person, feed your, feed your fire incrementally, she says. 
if you put a big log on your little flame, the air can't get to it. Oxygen is necessary for fire, and we need to breathe like that too. We need to have our questions and bounce them off one another. We need space to ponder ideas, try them out, and see what happens. This is how we learn to hear God's voice and are led by the Spirit. Instead of trying to tackle the whole Bible, start reading the daily prayer or a book your cell leader recommends because they know you. Little by little, you'll put thicker logs on your fire, but don't snuff it out with giant expectations. I think that's the best one because a lot of people do that with prayer. You know, you may, you may have come here with big expectations, you know, because you're really needy or you just really are expecting or just demanding. Who knows? But you can, you can put a big log of expectations on the little flame that's actually burning and just wreck it. You know, it's, uh, we're little. We need to grow, you know, and our flame needs to grow. And the steps that we take, the small steps and the regular steps probably make much, a much bigger difference than some big leap somewhere. Tim Keller says again, Oh, that's not Tim Keller. But we'll get back to that guy. The infallible test of spiritual integrity. Have you ever heard, have you ever heard Tim Keller speak? I wish I could imitate him because I feel, I feel like I'm kind of um, uh, on a sitcom and he's uh, singing opera or something. You know, I'm, I'm, he's very um, learned. So I can't imitate, it, imitate him very much. The infallible test of spiritual integrity, Jesus says, is your private prayer life. Jesus taught his disciples to pray. He healed people with prayers, denounced the corruption of the temple worship, which he said should be a house of prayer, and insisted that some demons could be cast out only through prayer. He prayed often and regularly with fervent cries and tears, sometimes all night. The Holy Spirit came upon him and anointed him as he was praying, and he was transfigured with the divine glory as he prayed. When he faced his greatest crisis, he did so with prayer. We hear him praying for his disciples and the church on the night before he died, and then petitioning God in agony in the Garden of Gethsemane. Finally, he died praying. The New Testament, of course, says we should pray without ceasing. We should pray at all times. We should pray daily, at least, mostly alone, often with other people. Okay, right? You got it now. Have I said enough? I should be praying. Praying is good. Praying is basic. Praying is how we get to know God. I think you might have already had that in your head. I hope I talk long enough to give you to think, give time to think about it so that it will get down into your heart too. And I'm going to help you try to get it into your feet in a very simple way. Because I think it's really a simple act, but it's very profound. It's like children, you know, that meet uh, some giant uh, parent. You know, I, I remember being five. Um, they were big. You know, when I go to God, how big is God, my, my heavenly parent? So it's, um, it's very profound, but we do, we do it as a child. And, and the more childlike way we do it, the more simple we can make it, the more disciplined we can uh, and obedient we can do it, I think the better off we are. Um, Rachel told us to start with daily prayer. In her quote, it's right there, daily prayer. And I think that's a good idea, and I want to tell you about that too, about how you use it, because it's a little gift you get from the members of this body, and you can um, learn how to use it. 
it's the it's like what uh, it matches uh, George Herbert's quote. You may not have heard about him, but um, you'll want to meet him someday. Prayer should be the key of the day and the lock of the night. I really like that one. And I like how he has Rachel's hair too. Did you notice that? How did, some things never go out of style. Some people who wear who wears it better. <laughs> Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, that was much better. Okay. Sorry, George. Love you, but you know, Rachel. There's a whole crew of us that are giving you daily prayer uh, day by day, working real hard to put it in your hands. And I want to tell you how to use it, but I don't want you to get me wrong when I'm telling you how to use it, okay? Because everybody who gets up and makes a speech like this, it's the implication for some people is, if I don't do that, I'm dirt, so if I don't dash out, if I don't bring up the daily prayer right now on my phone or bookmark it, whatever I do to make sure it gets to me, well, I'll probably go to hell. No, that's not what this is like. This is not, this is not one of those things. I don't want you to religify the daily prayer because it's, it's a gift. It's, it's something that you could use if, it, if, if you're moved to do so and if you're disciplined enough to try it. You might need some courage, and yes, you should have that. You might need some faith, and yeah, sure, you should have that. But if you don't do it, this isn't one of those kind of things that will, will hurt you, okay? It's a, it's a bonus. It's a gift. It's a pleasure. It's a joy. I, I, I don't want you to feel like you're um, one of my grandchildren I'm trying to get eat broccoli, okay? One of them actually throws the broccoli back at me, you know, so they don't want broccoli. This uh, daily prayer isn't broccoli. And you don't have to resist it just out of the sense of your own uh, sanctity of personhood. You can uh, do it because it's, a, it's like a kiss. It's like, it's like a hug. You might not like those either, but chances are you do. You know? We see how difficult this can be. The best thing's for us, but this is, this is, a, good, this is a good thing. All right? So think of, my, think of me as, the, you know, I'm, when, I'm, when I'm doing this, I'm like uh, Mrs. Rhodes. And imagine yourself kneeling by your bed, and you think this is cool. I used to think this was really a, a really weird little pleasure, a special little thing I did with a much-loved uh, faux aunt. And um, she, uh, it was sweet. And I, did, and I did sense God's presence with me. I remember it. I remember it happening. When I, when I prayed, it was not just a special thing with her, but I, I felt like I was knowing God, too, as only a child can. So... This is one of those things just in your best interest to cooperate with it. So how do you use it? How do you use daily prayer? You can see that we have two blogs. I'm mainly talking about wind, which is for people who are beginners in faith or new to Circle of Hope. If you've been around with Jesus for a while and you're moving into the deeper places of faith, well, then you probably want to read water. And, of course, uh, I, Gwen reads both of them, and, and she's a... Uh, She's way down the road. When I say use it, I'm, it's, not, uh, don't let, it's not supposed to use you. You're supposed to use it. It's a tool. It doesn't make you do something. You make it do something. It's, it's a tool you use, um, not an obligation. If you make uh, prayer religious and not relational, I think you're kind of missing it. You know, when Jesus' prayer is about relating, while he was telling his disciples the prayer, he was relating to them. He was helping them to pray and wooing them into this spacious place he was making for them. So it's not a chore. It's a joy. And when you find yourself praying and you say, well, this is a chore, well, you should probably rethink what you're doing. 
I don't think that's about prayer. That's about you. And you just, that's a good thing that that came up in prayer so you could figure it out. But don't, don't uh, diss prayer because you're having a problem with it. Um, that's what I think, at least. Use the daily prayer. What's it, what the daily is important because it's uh, regular. It, this is a gift we're trying to give you to help you get disciplined so you can pray, which will save your life. You get, actually get to follow Jesus and be healed, restored, and moved into your fullness. And use daily prayer. What is it again? What's prayer? Do you have a defi- give a working definition for yourself? No, mine's mine's a, about connection. Uh, like Henry was saying, it's the most concrete way to make our home in God. So we take concrete steps. The process makes us new right now. It does something in the moment that you're doing it, and it unleashes our future. It, it enables us to make it into what's next. So the goal of our daily discipline is to move towards home. We're, we're cooperating with God calling us into that relationship with him and his home. You know, we're not all the way there yet. So if you, if you stopped praying, you'll know what it feels like. I mean, you'll, you'll kind of go off the track. You know, you'll be off on the side, side road or something like that. You need to keep moving deeper. So let's use the old uh, basis diagram to help us figure that out. Some of you have seen this a lot of times because we use it around here quite a bit. Circle of Hope Daily Prayer kind of runs these bases. You know, when we, uh, when we get up to bat every day and we hit the ball day, <laughs> the daily prayer, we're moving towards um, the bases, like, which is, uh, you saw first base. Oh, if you're, if you're baseball challenged. I'm sorry. I assume that you knew what baseball is. This is home delayed where the guy has the stick. And the big giant up here, 6'6 six, six pitcher that pitches like 100 miles an hour, shoots it down, and you actually can hit it. Well, that's probably not. For this, it's more like that. And they'll lift it up and then boom. And you run down to first base, this the Bible. Second base is the body. Third base is the spirit. And then you move into home. And uh, you, most of us are going to get to start again to even a deeper place. If you ever want to make a decision about something, run these bases. Go to the Bible, check it out with the body, listen to God spirit to spirit. The daily prayer also follows this kind of uh, mentality with the way we work things out. starts with the Bible. Every time today's Bible reading in the daily prayer automatically sets our sights on something bigger than ourselves. The prayer today won't be just me thinking about me. I'll also be part of this uh, direction that's been given to me. The Bible is a really easy place to listen to God. It's already uh, written there for you. There's lots of ways that God speaks to everybody. It's attested over centuries that this is what God's doing in the Bible. And people can even uh, interpret for you how it's working. It's, it's very easy. You can, you can pick it up pretty, pretty, pretty well. So if you have your own Bible, you'll, you can do it from your Bible. But we even put a little excerpt for you so you can just get your daily dose it's great. Now, if some of you who are fundamentalist pack, background, um, whatever that means, fundamentalist, the Bible may have been abused in your house. I hope this doesn't apply to you. You might have been hit over the head at some, some point with the Bible. You know, do this or die kind of uh, principle sense of the Bible. 
and you don't want to touch it anymore because it hurts. Um, I'm sorry that happened to you. You might want to get over yourself too and, and give the Bible another chance. I mean, just, just, just let it go. You know, it's the past and you're where you're at now. Give it another try. Why should the Bible get all the, uh, the uh, cred that your parents did to you, placed in it? I don't think it was the Bible doing it to you. You know, give it another chance because we need to read the Bible at different eras in our life because we're different than we were before. And God could speak to it, speak to us through that process. Even reading between the lines, you know, not just reading the words as if you need to parse out what the exact meaning of the words are or something like that, but really listening to what it is that God and you are doing in the moment with the Bible. It's, it's a great tool. And that's why we, we start there every time. Very, base, very basic. If you just did that when you got to daily prayer, just, just did something with the Bible, great. You got a nice little dose given to you by the, the author that day. That was like base one. Base two is it's more thoughts for meditation. That's a, that's a second section of the daily prayer entries every day. It's, a, it's an invitation into dialogue with the person who's writing it, who's from your body, or um, just with people from all, all through history of the church often get mentioned there. You know, it's a dialogue with um, what's really true, what's really love. Some of the thoughts that come up have been chewed and rechewed for centuries, and you may have just caught on to them, and so you're invited into something rich. You know, that's really been thought through very well. It's uh, time to reflect on the Bible, maybe, or on some other thought, to respond to it, to reexamine something, to be restored, <coughs> to be renewed in some way. It's for listening. It's a big listening section. And you're listening to what's happening in you, what's happening in others, what's happening with God, and you're, tr- you're bringing it all together. You're, you're mentalizing You've heard me say that word, maybe, some of you. When we think about what we're thinking, this is a skill that adult uh, thinkers want to get. We think about what we're feeling. We can do that. We have consciousness about that. We feel about what we're thinking. We feel about what we're feeling. And we we can put that together without having too much anxiety and be content that we will get someplace through the process. This helps teach that every day as we work through it. So we're in dialogue with Jesus and his people. That's that part. The last part is always um, suggestions for action. And this is where we really get into the prayer part. Some of the authors will actually put a prayer. So you could just memorize that prayer and just say that. I often do that. I, I mean, I'm not really good at memorizing, so I may get the gist of the prayer. So when I'm riding my bike or I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm in my car, it will come back up. You know, like a song comes up that you've heard a million times. You know, if you go over this stuff, then, then that kind of thing comes up. And that's really good to, uh, to hear that again and be uh, preoccupied with that. Sometimes I don't really get what really is I, I need to get. You know, that, that even, the, even the prayer doesn't make that much sense to me. But I do end up in a good place anyway because my prayer can be, I don't really get this. And, and that's a good prayer. If you go to the daily prayer and you think, well, I don't even know what they're talking about. I really just don't get this. That's a great prayer. I mean, God really cares about that kind of prayer because God's interested in where, what you get and what you don't, where you are and where you're not. You know, that's, that's what he's doing with uh, his existence. He's looking for you. 
finding you, hoping for you, trying to help you. So um, when you work this through in daily prayer, um, it really is doing something even if you don't get to where you think you would go, need to go, but you'd still be on third base because you're right there in the spirit uh, acting. That's a, that's a great action in itself. So you open up the screen, you read it, and you tried to connect with a bunch of stuff. That's great. There's a lot of stuff there. I think some people don't read, don't go to the screen because it just seems like an awful lot. You know, I'm supposed to read the Bible, and I have to think this deep thought, and I'm really busy. I'm really, I'm really pressed right now, and I think it's really kind of heady, and I'm, I'm not that smart. Start criticizing ourselves. Don't, don't go there, I, you know, whatever it is. And, uh, and then we're immediately I'm supposed to do something about it. Now they have suggestions for action. Well, this is like really rapid. You know, I, I'm not sure I can do all that in like 10 minutes. That's how much I'm going to give this. <laughs> and, and, I, and, I, and I understand that. This isn't that kind of thing. If you did one thing from here, one word, that would be great. You know, if you had a little thought, that'd be good too. If you had two hours to do it, that'd be great. If the suggestion really meant something to you, you said, oh, that's really what I needed to hear. That's daily prayer. And that's prayer in general. It's not a, it's not a, um, a class. You know, it's not a program. It's, it's a relationship. And just like all the other relationships you have, it has meaning in the places it has meaning. So ultimately, I don't think you should just use the daily prayer blog, all right? You should show up and meet with Jesus every day. And I think you should, in closing, you should make a commitment to do that. You know, uh, this isn't an altar call, but it is nigh on to one. Because I think you should take, that, take the advice, say uh, something like, okay, I'll give it a try. I'm going to find out, I'm going to go to the website where you can find the link for the daily prayer. I'm going to bookmark it, or I'm going to have them, I'm going to subscribe to it so they just mail it to me every day. That would be easy. And then I'm going to try it for uh, six days. I'm going to try it one, two, just, I, I'll count it out and make sure I've, I've got it, give it enough chance. Just try it, see if it, see if it works. Better yet, to, you know, you try it for six weeks you know, and try it in a number of different ways in the morning, or, okay, this week I'll do it at lunch. This week I'll do it at night. I'll just see what happens and see what works for you so that you've really given it a good shot and you can see if you can use it. I think that's like uh, me, you know, when I got down and my, my, my babysitter, whenever she came, which was often because my mom was always at a bridge party, so uh, she was over here, and so I'm going to be praying tonight, I learned how to do it. It was a little discipline that, that stuck with me you know, and just that little thing, that, that little regularity made, made a difference in my life because I, I really showed up for it, and God really showed up for me, too. So I recommend it to you. Give it, give it a whirl, whatever, you, whatever God's telling you. I hope you'll do it. Let's pray. Thanks, Lord. You are good to us, and in so many ways you're teaching us how to be our true selves when we're talking about this essential act of prayer, I pray that you'll move us and help us where we feel uh, resistant or we feel incapable or we're just um, preoccupied or whatever it is that keeps us away. When we feel opposed, when we feel threatened even, we feel like change is really scary. Um, 
encourage us so that will stick with you as you stick with us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I think we still have some time to talk back if you want to, right? Can we do it? Do you have anything you want to say, Chris? Uh, I'm going to go all the way back to the beginning where you started with the... Um... Are we keeping you up? I'm sorry. But, but go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> it's all day. Okay. Sorry. The prayer you started with um, when, when we were younger. Um, uh-huh. uh, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Can we say it again? What now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. God bless Chris and Chris and Josh. I just kind of wanted to get to the prayer somewhat. Like, the meaning it is to me. Maybe, maybe others have a different meaning. But like, when it says... Lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I die before I wake, I guess like before you wake, like before your acknowledgement. So that's how I look. Before you wake, before you actually acknowledge, you know, you're kind of asking for your soul to go, you know, mm-hmm. go, go with God, go with Jesus, Spirit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's great. I think, and then some pe- some children. And, and adults, too, actually do feel like it's scary to go to sleep because it feels like they're dying. And so, so that little piece of assurance, you know, that God will be with me even if I die, like tonight, because going to sleep is strange. It's a strange uh, not, not awake place. And so it's uh, part of it, too. Before you realize your existence and what you can do and what you can be and what's needed of you. Yeah, right, right. Thoughts on like practical, um, I don't know, steps to disciplining yourself to have like this time with God. Um, I think I have an idea in my head of what it should be, built on like seeing my grandparents and my parents like wake up at 5 a.m. and pray to God. But like I'm not doing that. I'm not waking up at 5 a.m. So I'm always trying to think. I, I get like a discipline and then I'll lapse on it and then I'll try something else. But I'm wondering what's worked for you or other Christians. Yeah, one thing that works for me is anything that I do <laughs> regularly. You know, if, if you have an idea, if you have an inspiration of what you should do, you should do it for a long time and test it out. It's like you have to wear out these ideas. If you're always looking for something that appeals to you more for the moment, you're never going to get anywhere. Okay. You know, because it just doesn't work. I, I, I've done some things that I just wore out way too long. I just need, needed to be dead about five years ago. But I, but I was so comforted by it, I kept it. You know, but I had a nice deep rut in my, my, my brain waves, you know, because that would really go with it, you know, had, had been work, was, was really working. So I, that, I think that's one piece of advice, is to take the concrete step and keep taking it until you know you've taken it enough. Because you probably have a great idea right now. And just do it. And when it discourages you, go beyond the discouragement. It'll be good. I saw it. I've seen it. It's much better. Right. <laughs> 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 
enjoyed what you shared, and I always think to myself, am I, I, I pray every day, and I, am, am I praying the Lord's way? And I wrote some things for Rachel sometimes, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, do, and, am I supposed to do it for this small or, or am I supposed to say everybody's name? Like, you know, like sometimes I, I drive myself crazy, but if I don't do it, I can't, I don't have peace. You know, I, I don't have what that, I have to, like I have to say that in the morning, two months or in the morning. If I don't, then I, I uh huh. I'm glad you called. I'm glad you called. Said you called Rachel and talk about it because I think discussing about that works with the with the body is a good way to run the bases. You know, to think about how you're think about how you're thinking. You know, you could you could have good thoughts or you could have thoughts that are less than good. But you know, working that out with somebody is really useful and probably get to a better place if you need to get there. Sir, I I don't think that. A lot of people want to pray because they see it as having to be this grandiose gesture that they have to get on their knees and that they have to speak in a certain manner to do so. What I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that God doesn't care how you talk to him as long as you talk to him. The first thing I do when I, when I wake up is I've been sober now 13 years as of Monday. Uh, the first thing I do is I say, please remove the obsession and compulsion for drinking alcohol for me today guide me through this day so that I can handle it in a graceful manner as opposed to how I may have behaved in the past. Great prayer. That's a good real prayer, yeah. yeah. And then night I say thank you for another day sober because I know without you I would have none. And then I pray for whoever I might need to. Yeah, that sounds good. Good discipline. I like that a lot. Um, I like about prayer, I guess, like what she was saying, what she was saying, um, so it's what I feel prayer is for is that building that relationship. You know what I mean? Like, which for guys and father, like, you know, as far as like being correct and functional, what, what, uh, like, I don't know. Um, like when Abraham went up to get the slides, the, the angels, their eyes burned because of their relationship, everything came out of the relationship. Mm -hmm. with God. Mm -hmm. So that mm -hmm. fire was the sign, so the eyes burned, just going So, like, I feel a prayer, like, you know, I try to imagine, like, as if. I was coming to talk to somebody like you. You know what I mean? But mask for help. I mean, I don't know. I go to God with everything. You know, um, everything. You know, what music I do. I don't know. You know what I mean? Sure. Why not? Whatever I got to do. But yeah, I think that's the main thing about prayer that I feel that it's all about the relationship, building that relationship. You're not going to have a relationship with anything unless you at least communicate with whatever it is in some sort of fashion. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that this, uh, this little speech was trying to get, you know, in that, that basic fact, you know, we being humans and God being God, you know, we have to take the concrete steps. You know, we're in a body. You know, what we do with our time, what we do with our body really makes a difference. You know, and if we have that daily process and that regular process, it really makes a difference. That's good. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.